Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. ESPN Missoula. Watch the show statewide on SWX Montana Television. George Benson, man, so smooth. They were playing George Benson at uh, in Vegas last night. That's what got it stuck in my head. I'm back in the saddle, back in Missoula. It's Nuanas Now, ESPN Radio. I'm Coulter Nuanas. Thanks so much for tuning in here on this Monday. Maybe you're watching SWX Montana Television. Maybe you're streaming on the ESPN MT app. You missed anything in the first hour of the show? You can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast, which is probably presented by Blackfoot Communications, the M Store, where they're all grizz all the time, and the MSU Bookstore. The Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty's coming up. We recorded it earlier today. First time we've ever done that. Usually Marty Mornaweg in studio with us for the second hour of each Monday show. Uh, but he's on his way back from Deadwood, South Dakota. So certainly um, happy to get a hold of him any way that we could and uh, totally willing to be flexible. Uh, around his schedule because, I mean, the guy coached in the NFL for 27 years. He's a pretty good uh, resource for us to be talking all things NFL. So that's coming up. But one thing I wanted to mention that uh, I haven't got a chance to mention yet is uh, a little bit more than a week ago, Carl Tucker passed away. Carl Tucker II, he's from Great Falls uh, originally. He played at Great Falls CMR. He was an outstanding prep player, uh, sort of a Swiss Army knife that was a, a quarterback, running back, receiver there for the wrestlers. Went to Montana State. I had an okay career. Ended up playing his last year at Montana Western. But he abruptly died at only 25 years of age a little bit more than a week ago. So I know a lot of people remember him uh, both for his high school exploits and for uh, his time there at Montana State. Uh, He certainly was a a bright soul. You could just see it and feel it talking to him. And uh, got too soon, man. 25 years old. It's just just a bummer. I I was really sad to hear not necessarily a superstar player there at MSU, but a, a young man who I always enjoyed talking to and, and being around. Uh, very polite and well-spoken, and uh, it's a bummer. So uh, thoughts to his family and anybody else that might have known him. Uh, he was a good one, and uh, I, I was really sad to hear uh, that he had passed away. Well, we've done this segment a whole bunch of different ways, but never on Zoom. Time for the Monday afternoon quarterback. Coach Barty joining us. Where are you in the world, Coach? Coulter, it doesn't matter how or where we do this thing, we're going to light it up. (laughs) From Deadwood, South Dakota, I'm paying my respects to guys like Wild Bill Hickok, Preacher Man Smith, Calamity James, Seth Bullock, and many, many more. Uh, This is an awesome place. Lindsay and I always enjoy it. I'm here with one of my brothers and his wife as well. We're having a blast on this road trip. Well, awesome. You're road tripping out to Fargo to take in the NDSU game. Uh, Bobby Cade, Morningweg, of course, coaching there uh, at North Dakota State. And uh, the Bison, no problem, no problems with the Black Bears of Maine on, uh, on Saturday. What would you think seeing NDSU in person for the first time this year? I will tell you, the Bison from North Dakota State University – Coach Matt Entz has it rolling again, Coulter. 
it's like year after year after year. I'll tell you, I'll tell you what was really impressive. The talent, the culture, the coaches. You know, Big Bobby Cade, my son, is learning from some of the very best as far as coaches. The entire organization, the facilities are something that very few have. I'm talking at any level. I'm talking NFL-type level uh, of facilities. And the ball game against Maine, it seemed like culture. Everything went totally against the Bison, especially early in that first half. And I'm talking uh, drop touchdown passes, uh, some of the, the, the officials calls the bounce of the ball, and they still dominated. That's a sign of a good team. And their challenge now is get better every day, get better every week, because others will do that. So often in small school college football, we see the, the, the centerpiece is the coach, the head coach. And when that guy leaves, it's really hard to maintain consistency. But they've gone from Craig Bull to Chris Kleiman, now to Matt Entz, and they haven't missed a beat. It's unbelievable. What do you think is the, the key to their consistency? Because you mentioned, I mean, that's the thing that is so overwhelming is that they are just, they look like the same team year in and year out. Coulter, you bring up a good point. That's very, very difficult to do, right? But I know this, it is culture. There has been a culture set, and then they hire within, and that culture remains. And then, and then look, Coulter, uh, my brother and I were talking after the ball game walking. We walked from the Fargo Dome back to our hotel. It was only about two miles, but uh, so we got to see most of campus and, I, and, and all the other facilities. I, I told my brother, I go, man alive, the state of North Dakota spends an awful lot of money yep. to have a, a football team. They've got a lot of money there. That indoor facility. That was just built is just gorgeous. Very few NFL teams have something like that, right? And that was all private funded. So, uh, uh, like I said, Coach Hans has it has it rolling. There's some, you know, Randy Hedberg is the quarterback coach. He's put out back to back to back NFL type quarterbacks. Tyler Rowe, he'll be a head coach either there or somewhere else. He's our offensive coordinator. Fantastic young coach, and then. And then you have some Montana ties. Jason Petrino is a defensive coordinator, and they've given up about three points a game you know, <laughs> right. in the first two. So, and there's others. I think uh, uh, Meyer, uh, the safety from Montana that kind of exploded this year, his older brother is coaching at North Dakota State. So there is an awful lot. I know Bobby Houck and, and Coach Ants are very close as well. So there's – there's a lot of ties uh, with that North Dakota State University program and the state of Montana. Monday Afternoon Quarterback, presented by Stockman Bank, your Montana brand of banking. The Monday Afternoon Quarterback is Montana's brand of NFL. We're going to get to some NFL uh, here in just a minute. Coach M Marty, he is on his way back from Fargo, North Dakota. Took in NDSU's 44-7 to win over the uh, Maine Black Bears over the weekend. Uh, Coach, did you get a chance to watch the Grizz on Saturday night? Yeah. I did, and uh, what a, a dominant performance. Dominant. Very difficult to evaluate uh, in, yep. in those type of games. All right? but, but it's a good thing that they dominated a team that they likely should have. Right. So, so what, is, what is their challenge? Their challenge is get the hard work preparation done, uh, to keep, take care of your bodies, 
get better every day, get better every week, because they should be much like last year, five or six and oh, heading into the meat uh, of, of these teams like Sacramento State and Idaho and Montana State. These are very, very good football teams. And let's say if they can win three of these type of games, three of four, uh, they'll be ranked high. And then that home field advantage, I'm, I'm skipping ahead a little bit, but that home field advantage, as you know, Coulter, is so important in, 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 in the championship run uh, to Frisco, Texas. Well, I thought that Saturday night in St. George was quintessential Bobby Houck football. You get a turnover on the very first possession of the game. Trevor Grandy with another pick. He's got two in two weeks, so he's playing pretty darn good. And uh, then you, you march it down, you pound it in, you turn the turnover into points. Then later on in the first half, you have the punt, that a uh, you know, 65-yard punt that you down on the one-yard line, force a three and out. They have to kick it to you. Junior Bergen, you know, house call, 47-yard punt return touchdown. I asked Coach Alk, and, you know, it, sometimes it's hard to get Coach Alk to smile, but I asked him, what he thought of that sequence, and he had a big old smile on his face because hitting them deep and then getting the punt return for a touchdown, that's exactly how he wants to do it. They're up 36 nothing at halftime. They buried them. They played every guy that came on the trip. I think it's uh, about as good as it could have gone if you're Montana. Well, you know, Bobby, the Grizz special teams are typically excellent and add to they, – they don't just meander, right? They, they, they're not just there as a special team. They end up winning game after game for the Montana Grizzlies. And I know Bobby, the staff, as well as the players, take great pride in the special teams. Stockman Bank is in Montana and only in Montana. And they're going to keep it that way. They have more than 40 locations around the great state of Montana. Let Stockman Bank show you Montana's brand of banking today. Uh, all right, Coach, it's uh, an exciting time of year. I, I can't believe how much fun I had watching the NFL yesterday. I was sitting uh, at the sports book at MGM Grand all by myself because I couldn't get a plane out of Vegas yesterday. I didn't get back to Missoula till today, but not complaining. Pretty uh, pretty fun, and it's always so fun to be uh, in Vegas because you see all these fans from all over the, the whole country You know, watching the Sunday Night Football game. There's a lot of Cowboys fans around, I tell you that for sure. Uh, but you're a guy, I mean, you coached in the NFL for uh, more than a quarter century, 25-plus years uh, in the league. What's the most challenging part about getting ready for week one well, when you're getting a team ready? Yeah, you anticipate this, that first games occasionally are sort of surprising and out of whack, right? So so, so plan for some of that. And why is that? Well, you've got new... Uh, New free agents. You've got many of them sometimes. You've got young players, even rookies, playing a big role, a big role on your football team, major roles. So as a coach, what, what's your duty is to teach and correct and reteach. And you do that forever, right? So then leading up to this first game, the one thing I would always hammer with our with our staff is let's make sure that we not just double cover, but triple cover all of the minor details with especially the new players and the young players. And that will tend to sort of minimize the craziness uh, that occasionally goes on in that first game. I'll tell you what, the NFL is so exciting because of the parity, uh, uh, the, the, the new teams. You're new every year, so you don't quite know what you have as a fan. I mean, look at the Giants. 
Well, the Giants high expectations. For sure. They get blown out. I mean, that is crazy. Now, I saw the New England Patriots get blown out not once but twice in their first two games and come back and reach uh, the AFC championship game. So uh, it's not all lost if you get blown out on that first game. We talked about this last year, Coulter. The biggest jump for any team, college or pro, is between usually the first and second game. Sometimes it takes that third week uh, to get to that big jump. But you will see teams improve dramatically from week one to week two. One of the biggest storylines of this offseason was the the dominoes that sort of fell with quarterback contracts. I mean, we saw Lamar Jackson finally get his long-term deal. Jalen Hurts sort of set the market, and then Lamar Jackson followed. Joe Burrow uh, getting a big deal. Daniel Jones, another guy for the Giants that got a big deal. None of those guys particularly played well yesterday. Is there is there anything to that, or is that just sort of week one uh, sputters? Well, there could be, but typically it's one out of 17, right? Right, right. Times that quarterback, it has nothing to do with the new contract he signed, right? He's getting accustomed to new players, uh, sometimes a new scheme, uh, all, all of those things. They may be playing a heck of a team on the road, all those things. I know because, because – uh, Gino signed a big contract. I had him as a rookie. J- Jalen signed a big contract, had him as a rookie. Uh, Lamar Jackson signed a big contract, hit, had him as a rookie. But the key is two out of those three won the game. I mean, and it goes For back sure. to winning the game and then get better from there, get your corrections in and get better from there. So I don't think, especially at the quarterback position, you know, that new signing bonus, a bunch of money comes into his bank account, all that. Yeah, you know, that typically doesn't bother the quarterbacks uh, that are playing the quarterback position. Some other uh, positions uh, it may need some counseling leading up to uh, leading up to that. And, and soon after that, uh, uh, let's say receivers and, and DBs typically are 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 out there a little bit after these big contracts. The, the season started Thursday night with Thursday night football against the Detroit Lions and the Kansas City Chiefs. And I know a great many people watched that game uh, on NBC, and uh, the Chiefs certainly shorthanded. No Travis Kelsey, best tight end, not only in the league, but one of the best tight ends in the history of the league. And Chris Jones, who's a, I mean, he's probably top 10, top 15 player at this point, and a guy, a guy that I think the Chiefs are going to have to figure out how to pay him because I think they have to pay him. I think he's that good. Uh, but without those guys, Kansas City looked uh, a little bit more mortal than they have uh, recently. That said, all credit to the Lions. I know you and I talked about the Lions last year a lot. You know a lot of guys on those on that coaching staff. They have a great coaching staff. How about Dan Campbell, though? Going for it. The fake punt inside his own 20. I read the other day that was the first time someone's gone for it on fourth down inside their own 20 in six years. To get that and then turn it into a touchdown and ultimately have that be the difference in Detroit's 21-20 win, uh, pretty, pretty, good, uh, pretty good courage by Dan Campbell to call that there. Dan Campbell plays to win. He's unafraid of making a mistake and having something blow up on him on national TV. So you have to respect that part of it. The Detroit Lions offense is in good hands, right? I think they're pretty good, uh, right? Last year, their defense came along uh, sort of at the end of the season. But Aaron Glenn's defense is is a little bit better than they were last year. And you saw that uh, uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. So. So uh, 
I said this uh, before on your radio show. If Aaron Glenn's defense can sort of be mediocre with their offense, they're going to win a lot of games and may uh, end up making a pretty good run. They showed that against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, Kelsey and Jones, those are two game-changing type of players. But let's not kid ourselves. The Kansas City Chiefs are loaded. They're loaded. But what a game that was. It looked to me big picture. Detroit's defense got a little bit better, and the Kansas City Chiefs were off just a little bit. And when you're off just a little bit in the National Football League, it can look awful, right? They only scored 20 points. The Chiefs aren't aren't accustomed to scoring only 20 points, right? So that's what happened in that game. And then one thing to the listeners, every game is its own entity, right? Uh, let's not let's not kid ourselves. The Chiefs are going to be there at the end unless they have one of those years where there's just a wrecking ball of injuries, right? They'll be there at the end. Marty Mornowig joining us from Deadwood, South Dakota, as we record this a little earlier on some Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. We do this the second hour of each Monday show now that football season is here, recapping all of week one in the NFL. Stockman Bank invites you to experience the Stockman difference. As a family-owned community bank with locations throughout Montana, Stockman Bank is committed to enriching the lives of Montanans and helping communities succeed. What that means to you is your money stays in the local economy, supporting your friends and your neighbors. Montana's brand of banking, Stockman Bank. Uh, Let's talk a little bit more about this Chiefs game just because there's a a whole bunch of scuttle out there now. Okay, you need to get Kelsey back, no, no doubt about it but also that the, the Chiefs receivers sort of let Patrick Mahomes down. There, there was a lot of drops in that game, but that's kind of what you're talking about, right, Coach? you got to yeah. just flush it. The, ne- the next game is the next game. If you're Kadarius Tony or any of these other young receivers, you got to just flush it and, and get back on the, the right side, right? Yeah, well, reemphasize what the expectations are, especially for those new or younger type players. Just reemphasize, right? They understand. They'll understand, and then the next time, I'm sure Patrick Mahomes is down there in that locker room going, hey, the next time we get that one. And don't be surprised when the next time and the time after that and the time after that that they that they get those, and, and it's almost like routine because there were some. And look, there was a couple where it was kind of a back sort of hip or shoulder type where it would have been a good catch. I would expect them to get those almost every time uh, 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 leading into the rest of the regular season. Well, and the last point on this game, uh, I thought Aiden Hutchinson, as advertised, I mean, the kid, he's a Heisman Trophy finalist in Michigan. I was a little 50-50 on what I thought he was going to be. I thought Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau out of o- Oregon, was the better of the two prospects. That's not playing out. Thibodeau's good, but Hutchinson is a game changer. I mean, he's a game wrecker. If the Chiefs tackle wasn't basically blatantly false starting on half the plays, I think Hutchinson would have had 15 quarterback pressures. I mean, he was all over the place. He's a really impressive young player. Hutchinson showed that last year, that he's a game wrecker, a game changer, a player that you have to game plan for, Coulter. You cannot allow, if you're an offensive football team playing the Lions, you just cannot allow Hutchinson alone a single player Correct the game offensively for you. And whatever you have to do to stymie him, it goes back to just the simple uh, game planning structure, right? Uh, what are their strengths, your opponent's strengths, and stymie him? 
And then what are your opponent's weaknesses? And go after them relentlessly. You also have to know your own strengths and weaknesses when you're putting together that plan as well. But do not allow one player to wreck your 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 ball game uh, when you're playing against an elite player like Hutch. The other game that I think a ton of our listeners probably watched was a Sunday night game last night. They might have turned it off in the second half because yeah. uh, it was non-competitive uh, after about the third quarter. What a start by the Cowboys. What a finish by the Cowboys. The Cowboys are ridiculously good defensively. I think that they have a chance to be one of the best defenses in the entire NFL. That's going to be a really interesting deal with an offensive coach in Mike McCarthy as their head coach, but we'll see how that all plays out. We'll get to sort of the failings of the Giants uh, in a minute, but uh, I mean, if, if you're a Dallas fan and there's a lot of Dallas faithful out there, you got to be pretty darn happy with that debut. I mean, 40 to nothing. That's, that's about as big as you can win on Sunday Night Football to open the season. The expectations were sky high for the Dallas Cowboys to begin the season. Now they're out of the atmosphere, the expectations, right? So they'll come back to the mean just a little bit. Uh, what an opening game that was for them. It was almost like a Super Bowl win. It was so crazy. Uh, now they're getting a lot of pats on the back, right? A lot of pats on the back. Don't drink the Kool-Aid, Dallas Cowboys. They're challenged with all of that, right? All of that positivity is to continue to get better. Now, the Giants, on the other hand, right, in the New York media, the epicenter of the media in this world, right, they're getting just pummeled. I guarantee you, I haven't read anything or listened much, but they're getting pummeled. Now, what their challenge is to bounce back from that type of a loss with all that media scrutiny on them, can they hang together? Can they hang together like, like glue, right? Because that's what it takes. You're going to go through some of those games uh, during that long marathon NFL season. Some statistics on the, the magnitude of the Giants' loss. 40-0. to zero. No team has ever lost 40-0 to zero and also lost the sack battle 7-0. to zero. Lost the turnover battle 3-0. to zero and had a field goal that was blocked return for a touchdown and threw a pick, a pick six. That's that's never happened to a team in the same season, let alone the same game. But the fact that it was just so catastrophically bad for the Giants, could that actually be an advantage to just say, hey, this is not us. We won a playoff game last year. We were one of the best teams in the NFL. Just forget about it. I mean, how do you sort of move on and not let the catastrophe sort of manifest itself? Right. My, my, my big question is, can the New York football Giants recover? recover from something like that because last year I thought that they overachieved just a little bit to get into the playoffs and actually win a game, right? Are they Did they come back to the mean just a little bit, and are they good enough to recover, right? So those are the questions that are going to be answered in these next handful of games. Or are they going to overachieve again after a blowout loss in the first game? Yeah, I think that they can. I think they're a a, a, a solid plus uh, talented team is all. But but it's it's more of a mentality, and the head coach comes into play here uh, more than I think a normal fan would realize. I mean, that head coach and the team leaders, right? The team leaders and that head coach, if they grabbed the bull by the horns and said, this will never happen again, then they've got a chance of getting out of this thing. They, if they start questioning themselves or their teammates or their coaches 
or the structure of the team, there's no chance that they can recover. So uh, I know some of the people in the New York football Giants organization, and I expect them to be able to recover. Monday afternoon quarterback, Coach Marty Mornowig, joins us each Monday for the second hour of Nuanas Now here on ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, and the ESPN MT app. It's presented proudly by Stockman Bank. Stockman Bank, your Montana brand of banking, the Monday afternoon quarterback, your Montana brand of the NFL. More winners and losers from week one. Right after this, don't change that dial. Keep it right here, ESPN Radio. Are you having a bad day? Did you get hurt and it wasn't your fault? Are you in trouble? No matter what has you down, you can take action and help yourself by letting Schulte Law Firm help you. Schulte Law Firm litigates injury, criminal, and civil matters, providing expert advocacy in any situation. Here with Dwight Schulte from Schulte Law Firm. And Dwight, your father founded Schulte Law Firm in 1987 and since then has mediated more than 3,000 family law and divorce cases. Why is he so good at that sort of law? Well, he is a smart and patient man. A lot of situations where you find yourself in need of attorney are a high conflict situation. And it's really important. And it's a, a, a tenet of our firm that we work through litigious issues in a collaborative way. It's important at Schulte Law Firm that when we're litigating these very serious issues that impact people's lives, that we do so in a way that provides the best representation and the best result to our clients. And what we have found is that the best way to do that is to litigate these issues effectively while doing so with a high degree of professionalism. We can have these disagreements without making it personal. Visit jshulteylaw.com. This is Nuwana's Now on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula. Welcome back. Monday afternoon quarterback with Marty Morningweg rolls on here on Nuwana's Now ESPN Radio. We're coming to you on Monday, September 11th. And coach, I wanted to ask you about that because you were in the, the heart of your NFL career when September 11th of 2001 rolled around. And that was sort of a day that the world stood still. I know you were you were living. Were you in Philadelphia at that time? Is that right? I was the head coach in Detroit. You were the head coach of Detroit, right? So yeah. I mean, just take me back to I mean, because that the world sort of stood still, and, and sports certainly the NFL stood still that day. It's a day that none of us will ever forget. Yeah, it was something that uh, I will never forget, and everybody sort of viewed that thing differently, and that's okay. That was that, that, that's a good thing, right? Uh, some of the fellows, hell, they wanted to suit up and go help the United States of America because because we thought we were at war. You know, almost three thousand people died. Uh, the next ball game we played, we had an awful lot of security that were well, that uh, many of them were invisible. Uh, you can imagine uh, snipers. Uh, the, the, the fellows out on the park bench that looked like uh, they were just part of the crowd, uh, very, very well protected. I will say the NFL and their security is uh, other than other than maybe uh, the armed forces uh, next to none. I mean, it, it, it is uh, very, very secure in the National Football League. Well, certainly something I just wanted to acknowledge is this is, uh, of course, the anniversary of all that. So uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that throughout 
rest of the show and the rest of the week as well. Um, but uh, uh, something worth remembering uh, for those that uh, passed on the day, September 11th, some 22 uh, years ago. Uh, let's talk winners and losers from over the weekend. First of all, i got to highlight a couple guys with Montana ties. Troy Anderson had a sack yesterday and rolled up double-digit tackle numbers for the Atlanta Falcons. They had a nice win over the Carolina Panthers. And uh, Alex Singleton, also a former Montana State linebacker like Troy Anderson, uh, Singleton also led the Denver Broncos in tackles. Broncos lost a heartbreaker, lost by one point to the Las Vegas Raiders. But a couple of young men uh, f- who played their college football in the state of Montana, great debuts, great week ones there uh, on an individual basis. Uh, but I thought Atlanta was certainly one of the winners of week one, but perhaps uh, the, the most resounding winner, at least during the day games, was the San Francisco 49ers. And I thought Nick Bosa's press conference afterwards was awesome. They asked him, they said, where did that come from? How are you guys able to just beat the tar out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he said, well, all you guys think Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy isn't any good. We think Brock Purdy's the man. We think Brock Purdy is our guy. And uh, I mean, he showed it. So uh, pretty, you could tell that uh, San Francisco was taking out some frustrations from maybe some of the, the scuttle around their organization this last month or so. You know, I was surprised by that game. I just didn't know if the 49ers could do that. Uh, to the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. And this Brock Purdy now, uh, he played so well down the stretch uh, for the 49ers last year. And then and then a major elbow injury. I am flabbergasted that he is back already for game one. I thought it might be where he goes on the PUP list and then maybe a, a, a quarter or even halfway through the season, he shows up. So, so the surgeon that did it, the physical therapists, the trainers, and especially Brock Purdy. Man, what a recovery. And now he's he's he just picked up where he left off before he got injured last year. Uh, so kudos to Brock Purdy and everybody around him. What a great recovery. What a good football team. The San Francisco 49ers now, they, in the past several years, they've been built to go all the way. Talent-wise, I'm talking about. They've got a very good head coach in Kyle Shanahan. He does. He Kyle is a man that knows what he wants, right? And and the only thing that has stopped them is some major injuries and just a flood of injuries a couple of years ago, right? So if they can stay healthy, I wouldn't be surprised if Brock Purdy and the 49ers go far and maybe all the way. They certainly have to be one of the favorites in the NFC. Speaking of new young quarterbacks. People in Green Bay got a lot to celebrate about. I know it's only one game, but Jordan Love looked sharp yesterday. He threw for 245 yards, three touchdowns. I know there was a lot of people thinking, how you know, what's going to go on in Green Bay? What's the floor's offense going to look like without you know a Hall of Fame quarterback and Aaron Rodgers guiding the ship? And uh, 38 points at Soldier Field against the rival Bears is a pretty good start for the Jordan Love era if you're the Packers. Jordan Love gets you back to that debate. Is it better to start a young, talented man game one in his rookie year or halfway through the season in his rookie year, right? Or do you sit and learn behind one of the greatest, right? And, and the way Steve Young did when when he got traded, right? Uh, Patrick Mahomes didn't play. I think he played one game, the last game of his rookie year, right? Uh, or or is it Troy Aikman where you throw him to the Wolves and he goes like 0-10 or 0-11? Now, as long as he makes it out through the other end, he's going to be even stronger. So that's a pretty good debate. Jordan Love sat behind the great Aaron Rodgers and learned. Can the Green Bay Packers, Can will it be 
back-to-back-to-back to back to back Hall of Fame-type quarterbacks with Favre, Rodgers, and now Love. Can that happen? How many teams have done that? I thought we were in pretty good shape with the Niners when we went Montana, Young, Garcia, who's not a Hall of Famer, but multiple-time pro bowler. Can that happen in Green Bay? It sure looks like it, Coulter. It certainly uh, will be a fun one to to watch. Other winners from the weekend, Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. Marty Wernerweg joining us here uh, on Nuanas now. Uh, the Browns' defense. A lot of people are talking about Joe Burrow's struggles, but I think a lot of that comes from the fact that the Browns are nice on defense. They got a, a lockdown corner in Denzel Ward. They got one of the best players in the league, period, in Miles Garrett. And uh, Cincinnati, who has this unbelievably high-powered offense, supposed to be one of the best in the NFL, they didn't do anything. They didn't squadoosh yesterday in, in Cleveland. Uh, the Browns were absolutely lights out defensively. That's a pretty good start if you're Cleveland. Well, the Browns are talented, like you said, Coulter, on defense. They hired a friend of mine as a defensive coordinator. He's a very good defensive coordinator. It looked like game one. He was more aggressive uh, philosophically than he's ever been, and that may pay off big, big for Stefanski, who's also a friend of mine, and the Cleveland Browns. i got to ask you about a couple other guys that had great days yesterday. First of all, Trevor Lawrence. I heard a great uh, analogy from Mike Lombardi, who's a great NFL analyst. He said, all NFL quarterbacks can throw the ball through the door. The great ones can throw the ball through the door handle, but only a few guys can throw the ball through the keyhole. And he was talking about Aaron Rodgers, but Trevor Lawrence is right there, man. His arm talent is as as, as advertised and as good as anybody in the NFL. And uh, I know Indy's supposed to struggle this year. They got a rookie quarterback who's one of the youngest guys in the league, in the history of the league. But Trevor Lawrence looked lights out yesterday. And the way that they closed that game, I thought, I thought it really bodes well for Jacksonville and their future. Yeah, I know Mike Lombardi. I don't know about that. Joe Montana didn't have an arm to <laughs> break a door down. But the accuracy, he's right on, right? Decision-making, accuracy, timing, and gut instincts. And all of them have that. Now, Now the Josh Allens and Brett Favre, they also, and, and many more, have this big arm. And 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 that takes them even further, even further. But, but uh yeah, they're in good hands there with Lawrence. He's got both, right? I mean, he's got the arm strength and the accuracy. And you can tell he's taken, I think he's taken two steps over the last couple of years. I think it's a great testament to Doug Peterson, who I know is a guy that you know well. Yeah, so he's a good friend of mine. But but Lawrence also has uh, good, quick decision-making uh, as well. And then the man's got some instincts. Now, now does he have Lamar Jackson's instincts? No, no, not quite. But he's got plenty to play his style, right? Uh, some of these guys, some of these great NFL quarterbacks have, they just, Coulter, they just see things and feel things that the normal quarterback does not. And Trevor Lawrence has some of that. And the other one that I wanted to ask you about is Tua Tagovailoa. He went through so much last year and and what a great debut to come back. Threw for, uh, yeah, at least to this point, headed into Monday Night Football, the highest total uh, for the week so far through 466 yards and and uh, the Dolphins roll up 36 points and beat a really good uh, Los Angeles Chargers team so I mean he's got to be happy for the guy that he's back on the field after going through everything he went through last year yeah Coulter you make a good point you know coming out there was no question no question that he was going to be a fine quarterback uh now I really like Jalen Hurts that year who Tua kind of beat out at at, at Alabama and Jalen had to go to Oklahoma but and the only reason 
<clears throat> or one of the reasons was because of Tua's injury history, even there at Alabama. And, and so he's had some injury history in the National Football League. If he can just keep himself clean, minimize the scatter type hits, and there's ways to do that, and you have to drill it. But he has to keep himself pretty clean, and he'll go far. I really love his skill, ability, the way he plays the quarterback position. He plays it at a high level. It's just that injury situation that, that is still in the back of my mind with Tua. And, and I hope that he overcomes that. And sometimes, as you know, injuries are kind of cyclic. You may get two or three in two or three years, and then all of a sudden for five years, you stay, you stay pretty clean. So hopefully that's the situation with Tua and the Miami Dolphins. Monday afternoon quarterback presented by Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. This is Montana's brand of NFL. Coach Marty Bordeweg joining us here on Nuanas Now. Uh, Coach, we'll have a, uh, a full one next week when you're back around, but uh, we're running out of time here right now, but I just want to ask you about tonight's game, a much-hyped one between division rivals, the Bills and the Jets. Uh, crazy. It's such a sign of what the NFL is all about, how teams can ebb and flow and improve. And, I mean, who would have thought 10 years ago this would be a primetime game? Both these teams and they're not even in the realm of contenders, and now they're both two of the main contenders. So what's your take on tonight's game? Well, big picture, the Jets. The Jets have an opportunity to prove that they belong. At worst, they've got a heck of a defense. And then they acquire one of the great quarterbacks ever to play in the National Football League. He's going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer in Aaron Rodgers. Oh, that mix could pay off big with a deep run by the Jets. Now, their challenge is tonight they're playing a heck of a football team in the Buffalo Bills with Josh Allen. And we already talked about Josh Allen's skill, ability, decision-making, arm strength, mobile. He, this man this man is hostile, mobile, agile, and eligible. This man is just, he's got to break that ceiling and go win a Super Bowl. That's, what he, that's his challenge with the Buffalo Bills. Aaron Rodgers and the New York Jets are just simply trying to prove that they belong in the upper echelon of the National Football League. Last thing from me, Coulter, Stockman Bank, Bob Burns. When I get back into town, I'm running down there and I'm getting myself an account at Stockman Bank. Yeah, I love it. But an afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty. He'll be back next week in studio. Coach, thanks for doing this with us. Really appreciate it. Next time, Coulter, next week. Stockman Bank, Montana's brand of banking. Probably presented Montana's brand of the NFL with Coach Marty Mornoweg each Monday here on Nuanas Now. Who's going to win tonight? One of the most highly anticipated first Monday night footballs of the year between a couple teams from New York, one from the city, one from Buffalo. Who would have ever thunk the Bills and the Jets would be primetime viewing, but it is. Monday Night Football Talk. Plus, have you seen the Grizz new jerseys they're going to wear on Saturday night? What do you think? That's next. Keep it right here. ESPN Radio. One, two, three. What is now on ESPN Radio. I knew nothing about Juice World until I watched the HBO docuseries Music Box. They have a, a bunch of different episodes about a bunch of different things. But there's one about Juice World. I had no idea what a what a uh, what a prodigious talent, what a tragic tale. Um, check it out if you, if you haven't got an opportunity. 
I'm Coulter Nuanas. I'm back uh, in the saddle here at the Missoula Broadcasting Company. I was on the show all week last week, but I was actually not here physically Wednesday through Friday. A little road trip through Zion and the Grand Canyon, and uh, then ended up in St. George, Utah, Utah to cover the Grizz. We talked all about Montana's 43-13 to win at Utah Tech and Montana State's 20-16 to loss to top-ranked South Dakota State plus a bunch of other Big Sky Conference stuff in hour number one. We also heard from Marty Mortaway, our Monday afternoon quarterback with Coach Marty, back for a third season. So happy to have Marty uh, in the uh, riding shotgun with us every Monday. All of it, you can find it on the Nuanas Now podcast. Apparently presented by Blackfoot Communications. Visit goblackfoot.com. The M Store, where they're all grizz all the time. And the Montana State Bookstore. Visit msubookstore.org. Saturday evening, the Grizz are back in town in Missoula against Ferris State, the two-time defending Division II national champions. We'll learn more about the Bulldogs tomorrow. It's a blackout, though, on Saturday night. So uh, if you want to get some blackout gear... Hit up the M Store. They have a whole bunch of cool and very unique stuff down there at Corner of Broadway and Higgins. The Grizz are going to wear specialty blackout jerseys. They dropped the, uh, what do the kids call it these days? The drip video <laughs> earlier today. Is that what they call it? Everybody's always asking about your drip uh, in the game or whatever the whatever you're wearing. I don't know. I don't know anything. I'm, I am officially uh, not a kid anymore. But the jerseys... Are sweet. They're they're black with white engraving, and I think they look sweet. The helmets are weird. They have this paw like on the center back of the helmet. Never been a big fan of the logo, like right on the back of the dome. It just looks funny to me. If you know me, you know I'm not really a jersey guy. I, I you know, when I was a kid, my favorite college football program was Penn State for a lot of reasons. The lineage of great defensive players, the awesome running backs, the, the you know very in line with the, the style of football that I enjoy, but also just the conservative nature of the program. The the blue and white, just clean, no flash, no flare jerseys. I, I, I loved it. I thought it was awesome. The white on whites are even better. Um, so I know I'm not really one to get much hyped up about jerseys or even really notice jerseys, but it will be interesting and cool to see uh, the Grizz wearing black against Ferris State uh, on Saturday night. All eyes will be on Monday Night Football tonight. I expect the ratings to be huge. You have a a team that's been one of the the primary contenders for the AFC title the last several years in the Buffalo Bills, and they're playing in New York uh, against the New York Jets. The Jets have all sorts of hype. They got the offensive and defensive rookies of the year from a year ago coming back for year two. That's Sauce Gardner on defense and Garrett Wilson on offense. They have a stacked defensive unit led by Quinn Williams, one of the best interior defensive linemen in football. They have a whole bunch of other prominent names on that defense, and they should be one of the top defensive units in the league. And, of course, they signed Aaron Rodgers during the offseason. Uh, is he the uh, the answer to all that's ailed the Jets? We shall see. The Jets landed on hard knocks, did nothing but accelerate the hype machine for uh, football, just period, in the Big Apple, but particularly for uh, the Jets. But can they overcome the the pretty much constant organizational deficiencies and organizational um, unorganization, I guess. The, I mean, the, the Jets have been one of the the 
laughingstock franchises of the league forever. It's been, I mean, they've had a couple bright spots, like when Bill Parcells was there. I guess Pete Carroll had a playoff team or two. Rex Ryan had a couple playoff teams. But haven't really truly been a contender since Joe Namath was there. And, and guess what? That's like 60 years ago now. So uh, certainly a lot of uh, history, both recent and long-term history, to overcome uh, if you're the Jets. The dysfunctionality is is the word I was looking for for the franchise. I mean, it's certainly uh, it's been more omnipresent than not. So, um, but it starts tonight. I mean, if you can if you can beat the the Bills at home, and you're off and running, and maybe the hype train is real. Andrew, do we have an update on that game? I know you said they pulled everybody off the field for weather. It's been horrific weather on the Eastern Seaboard. I mean, Sunday night football was a great example of it as well. Just a torrential downpour last night in New York as the Giants hosted the Cowboys. It sounds like it was storming again. What's going on? What's the latest? Uh, well, I just saw a video posted on Twitter of Aaron Rodgers warming up on the field. So I okay. think we're we're set for the original kickoff time. I don't really know what happened there, but I think we're we're good to go. Uh, a lot of eyes will be on Monday Night Football, but the Missoula Paddleheads are also in action, and now it's postseason time. The Paddleheads have had an unbelievable run these last couple of years. Uh, since transitioning over to the actual Paddleheads uh, franchise and going into an independent league format, the Paddleheads have won the, the first and second half pennants three times in a row each. So six straight pennants in the span of three years for the Paddleheads. They are the top seed going into the Pioneer League playoffs, and uh, they're playing a three-game set against the Billings Mustangs. Uh, the winner of that one will advance to the championship where they'll play the winner of the su- Southern teams. The Paddleheads, of course, Won the pennants, both regular season pennants last year, but then they lost in the championship series uh, to Grand Junction. So certainly trying to avoid that. We'll have the Paddleheads in action here in about 25 minutes, 620. uh, The game's coming up. So uh, if you'd like to tune in, we'll have the Paddleheads for now the stretch run, the postseason run uh, of this 2023 summer. Jeff Safford will be on the call tonight. We'll certainly have results for you tomorrow. we got a whole bunch of other stuff coming up throughout the rest of the week. We'll have our vertical raise, double-A uh, player of the week. Tomorrow we'll have our Treasure State Stars. We'll have a business angle and much more. So please join us then. This has been Nuana's Now. You're listening to ESPN Radio. We'll see you tomorrow. Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that yeah. must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now <laughs> for the <laughs> University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure – 
uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time.